2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Marriage and Martini's. I'm Adam. Here's Danielle. Hello. And here is Gideon.
1: Hi. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Please, Danielle, why don't you introduce who Gideon is?
1: Well, I was going to say, people may know Gideon um, from some of Marriage and Martini's greatest hits, like the Goals episode back in the day, because you were the laugh track in the background when we were recording
0: uh, you're absolutely <laughs> right. I, I was serving you uh, the wine, yes. and I was uh, it was a great episode. Yeah. I was laughing hysterical <laughs> in the background.
1: Right. Yeah, I like those roles of yours <laughs> because you are uh, life coach Amy Alpert's uh, other half. I'm not going to say <laughs> better half. I'll say other half.
0: Yes. I am uh, life coach Amy's uh, spouse. That's right.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> At least for the time being. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, let's see how this goes and how it works out in the end. <laughs> yeah. So we, we wanted to have somebody on because uh, Adam and I have not honestly done the best job of planning for oh, our I didn't know where you were going with that because we've future. done not
2: done the best job in right. a lot of I things. I mean, I know so. everybody's shocked <laughs> that we
1: don't have it all perfectly lined up and documented and in files co- that are color coded and everything, but we do not. Uh, luckily, we have... Mr. Gideon Alpert um, in our family I feel like everybody in the family needs like a doctor a lawyer an electrician a plumber Um, I mean a hairstylist is great a nail person I'll keep going all
2: those things in one family I mean mean, that's one I mean Yeah. yeah sure
1: um, someone who works at Ticketmaster, maybe, or, yeah.
2: I'm not most of those things, <laughs> by the
0: way.
1: <laughs> but you are one, so you are, you yeah. you are, you are a lawyer, correct? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, good. Because I, I know you went to law school when <laughs> I, when I was going to regular <laughs> college, because yep. you used to give me money all the time so that I could afford to take taxis and I didn't have to take subways at 2 a.m.
0: Yes, the good old days. The good
1: old days. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah.
0: Thank you very much, um... You are right. I am a state lawyer. A uh, quick background on me for your listeners. Um, first of all, besides being the Marriage and Martini's in-house lawyer, which I would know is quite rewarding, not at all profitable, <laughs> um, I transitioned from a 22-plus year career where I was a corporate tax, international tax lawyer, working primarily uh, at a law firm based in New York as well as a, a multinational, um, but I you know, transitioned... Um, And one of the reasons I transitioned uh, to estate law, I actually, based on my own personal experience, several years ago, I had both my parents sick and then unfortunately passed away. And, you know, because uh, certain estate planning documents were not in place, um, it was a a rough time, a lot, uh, many, many hours uh, I needed to spend uh, on their affairs during, you know, sad days, which made it just the experience worse. So, you know, now I've become a state lawyer and kind of want to help people learn from and not experience what I experienced. And, I, you know, I help now families with estate planning documents as well as help families navigate the legal process uh, after a family ma- member has passed away. So, um, you know, one of the major benefits of, of my practice is I'm much more connected with my clients, a lot of whom are from my community and the surrounding areas. Now um, you know I want to definitely talk about some things, and uh, I, I'm going to start. And please forgive me, everyone, and Adam and Danielle can vouch for me. But I have to start with a standard legal caveat to your listeners,
2: because <laughs> you know, I am a lawyer. But don't worry. When everybody downloads the podcast, they have to click and sign <laughs> exactly. some right. terms and agreements. Right.
0: Exactly. But right. you know, like you know, your listeners are in every state in the country, and the reality is the law is different each state. And I'm not, you know, I'm not giving anyone legal advice today. But instead, my goal is to kind of provide you guys and your listeners with, like, you know, some hopefully helpful information on estate planning.
2: Well, well, this, sorry to interrupt you, is yeah. this pretty much primarily U.S.-based information? Because we do have a lot of international, Absolutely. you know.
0: I mean, again, every state in the country, right. there's differences. And then not including, like, international. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, I'm not getting into the international aspects whatsoever.
1: Right, but I think the gist is the same, and the gist is that no matter where you live, whatever those laws and differences are, you still need to do it. Absolutely. Or whatever it is that they offer in their country. Yeah, and I think what you said about, you know, the fact that when you're you're already going through a really rough time, having that burden on top of it, um, you know, is... It, it, it just makes it so much worse. You can't properly mourn because you're doing all this other stuff and no parent wants to do that to their child. Like, no parent does that on purpose, but just by not doing the things we're supposed to do, um, that's that's what happens. But when I hear estate planning and estate lawyer, my uh, the first thing I think of is like the Playboy Mansion. I'm like, oh, you have to be rich to have an estate mm-hmm. planner or a state lawyer or, you know, you got to have like you know, a million-plus dollars in the bank waiting to be, but that is not correct, right?
0: Uh, 100% not correct, and, and, and the reality is today, you know, my focus is specifically kind of discussing the reasons why basic estate planning is so important when you're a parent, particularly when your kids are under the age of 18 years old, which, you know, again, I know impacts both of you, my, my nephews and nieces are under 18, as well as many of your listeners, <coughs> You know, put aside saving taxes, put aside creditor protection, which are both reasons you know, why people have state planning. You know, I'm going to focus today on the reasons why these basic legal documents protect your kids and give peace of mind you know, to parents you know, in case the unthinkable happens. Now, I'm not only speaking today about you know, death. It's going to be a lot of uplifting topics, but I, want, you know, I need to talk about sudden incapacity and disability as well because you need legal documents to protect in those situations as well. And you know, and again, you know, towards the end, again, you know, time permitting, and I know you guys, you know, are the time policemen, but I'm also going to mention some important things to think about, you know, particularly when you have aging parents, you know, which can become a very difficult situation. Which again, I talked about, unfortunately, I lived through, and you know, I share, you know, kind of my mistakes with my clients. I'm going to share some of the things with your, you know, listeners of what I didn't do, which they should do, you know, how, you know, to get ahead of things. You know, before the unthinkable happens with those parents.
2: So this is all things that we should be thinking about <clears throat> today, like Danielle yes, and I in our absolutely. 40s. Like this is a, this is not something that you talk to your aging parents about. You know, this is something that we should be doing for ourselves right now. Yeah, right?
0: I'm, I'm talking about you guys for yourselves, right. but also preparing. I mean, your mom is getting older, right. and, and so on. Talking and making sure you know about all her stuff. You know, to make sure that she has the proper right. documents because one day, you know, she's going to rely on, you know, you and your sister.
2: Right. So we're states. doing those things now. So our kids don't have to worry about that later on. Well, yeah. Right? I
0: mean, well, yeah. I was talking about your, your mom. No, I uh, understand. Yeah. But
2: for our purposes of yeah, why then, we would do this.
0: Yes. And absolutely, yeah. you know, uh, you you know, with your kids, you know, t- you know, talking to me and, you know, and life coach Amy and, you know, your siblings and others who would step in. You know, if something happened to you guys for your kids, absolutely. Well, yeah,
2: well, no, we're definitely talking to you because you are nonprofit based. So it's <laughs> <Exactly>. perfectly <laughs> welcoming <laughs> for <laughs> us. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Okay. So
1: I was going to say, what what is the most, I mean, there's, first of all, everybody knows I don't do numbers. I don't do any kind of like finance stuff. No. I, you know, I, I'm strictly words right. and phrases and, I don't mess with the division or subtraction. You're doing or really all well with stuff. the words right now. Thank you. Yeah. Uh but so so I'm going to ask that you however dumb you think you need to make it, I'm gonna ask you to make it even dumber. Okay. Um, just for me. But also, like where do you start with this all? I mean, there's so much, you know, what what obviously I would I would imagine a will, which um I think uh, you know, I think maybe not even 40% of our listeners in our poll said that they have yet. Um, so if you want to start with that, and, you know, I guess one of the questions is, you know, do you need a will if you don't have kids? Do you, you know, all, all of those questions.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, let me start obviously with a will, which is one of the main documents of a basic estate plan, particularly in states like New Jersey. And, and believe it or not, New Jersey has one of the most efficient probate court systems uh, in the country to navigate. Um,
1: Wait, what is a probate court?
0: Well, okay, well let, let me start it this way. <laughs> a will does several things. How about, how about we go... Okay. Way? Let's start at
2: the yeah, beginning. Yeah, let's
0: we'll start at yeah. the beginning. You know, it coordinates the distribution of assets after your death. You know, as you designate in your will, you know, you know, if something happens to you, you know, who is the beneficiary of your state and will get the assets? You also, in your will, you designate what's called an executor, which is generally someone who is close to you, whether you're a spouse Sibling, close friend, who will carry out the provisions of your will, it is it is your executor who will file a will with the controlling court after your death. So again, you ask, what's probate? It's going to the the, the court that controls in the state. In New Jersey, let just New Jersey, it's called the Surrogate's Court. Uh, you know, it's your executor who is responsible for making sure that your final arrangements that you set forth in your will are adhered to. You know, and remember, you know, your state just doesn't have assets. If your state has liabilities and bills, your executor is the one that's paying off everyone. And then ultimately, at the end of the, you know, process, that the beneficiaries, you know, who are set forth in the will get the assets. So, you know, the key here is, you know, that, I mean, that's kind of the main thing for the will. But let me tell you something. I'm going to ask you guys a question right now. All right. You know, it's not it's not just one way to me. The
1: answer is no. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> but all, with all of this, if you're a parent with minor kids, what do you think the most important reason to have a will is? What, I mean, what's, what's your thought?
1: If you're a parent yeah. with minor kids. Yeah, when well, I say,
0: minor, uh, kid, well, I say minor, I mean, kids under the age of 18, what's the most important
2: reason to have a will? To make sure they're taken care right. of and provided for, right?
0: Wow. Well, you guys are smart. <laughs> don't,
1: you I was going to say guardianship, right? To figure out who they're going to go to. and And even more importantly, not go to
0: <laughs> exactly, and, and you're right. You're both you. You answered it with different yes. terminology, but High the five. but the you know, the same <laughs> answer. Yeah, she heard my answer and then just no, reworded no, it. No, not me. at all. Yeah, yeah, it's who will take care of the kids if something happens to you? I mean, you know, this is you know as an estate planning lawyer, these are the tough questions and you know and you know, discussions with their clients, you know, including their deaths. I mean, the reality is the co-parent leaves the you know generally leaves the child to the surviving parent. But what happens if both parents pass away? Obviously, if you're a single parent, you pass away, who's, you know, who's taking mm. care of the child? And the answer is you name a guardian who must be appointed. It's so important to say this through a valid will which goes through a court probate after your death. And the, the guardian is, the, is essentially the, becomes the parent. It's, you know, they're entrusted with all the powers and responsibilities of the parent will be making important decisions about the, you know, the child's upbringing, their schooling, their religion, their medical treatment until the child becomes an adult. And in the majority of states, such as New York and New Jersey, that's when they turn 18. <laughs> and it's wise to name someone in your will, you know, whether a friend or family member who knows your children and who will accept this role called upon to do so. And also, you know, one other quick thing is, it's important to name just not just your primary guardian in your will, but you should be naming a successor guardian or two. Mm -hmm. Just remember, something if something happens to both of you, and then all of a sudden the guardian, you know, it starts, you know, you know, becoming the guardian after your death. But then something happens to your guardian. You want to have things in place where they can be succeeded with someone that you trust with your kids. Um, Right, like
2: if even if like the four of us went away together, and let's say you were the the guardian of our parents, if something happened to us, but so we're we, kids, not parents. I what I'm wait, what? No, yes. if we named Amy and Gideon as the guardian of our children, if something happened to us, which
1: they are, right? Right.
2: <laughs> Let's. I, I'm, I'm doing a, a very, a, very proud of a, that.
1: With, all right. <laughs>
2: if we all went away and something tragic happens to the four of us, yeah. then there needs to be a That's second in exactly. line, right? Exactly. That's exactly I, right. I think that's what you were saying. I, I'm, I'm yeah. saying
0: it's not just a primary. You're naming accessor, a successor guardian or or even the second successor.
2: Right. And that's
1: I right. would imagine that you need to go and, you know, you don't want to just like, you need to tell the person that you're putting them as the successor, correct? I mean, Absolutely. you don't want to just spring it on someone.
0: I think for everyone I talk about today, all these fiduciaries, it's so important um, as a parent. As you're doing your estate planning documents, to talk to these people who are named in your will, or the, you know the power of attorney and healthcare directives, these other documents I'll talk about, to let them know what you're thinking, but also to c- talk about you know what you you know, your beliefs and so on to make sure that you're aligned, you know with your guardian, mm-hmm. you know that you know, you know that this is the right person, you know and and both ways. So I think that's so important. Yeah.
2: Right. So Danielle, if something happened to just you. Can Amy and Gideon still be the guardian of our children? <laughs> I would prefer it. <laughs> I just want to make sure that's in the, that's in the will. Yes, that is <laughs> okay. in the will.
0: So, um, you know, some other important things to think about when naming a guardian, like, you know, in the end for a lot of my clients, you know, they don't want, you know, the kids to be moved. You know, they want them to you know stay in the same school, the same friends and so on. Mm. Um, you know, so this is, you know, it's really important, again, going back to naming the person, you know, um, you know, that, you know, that you want to be a guardian, like, hey, you know, can, you know, can you move to the primary home? I mean, you know, some ways, you know, I, you know, for example, if you have two siblings and they're both close with the kids, but one kid is across the country and can't move versus another sibling is here in your area. I mean, they have this and, and can move into your house. You know, a lot of people choose the latter. You know, they want the kids during this traumatic time of losing, you know, both parents. To you know, not be leaving schools, friends, communities. I mean, you know, there, you know, th- th- those are other parts. You know, that's other parts of this whole guardian. You know, you know, the other guardian process. Um, you know, I think also another thing is is that some a lot of people want to make sure. Hey, if I pick you know Adam's sister to be the guardian, I want to make sure that Danielle's family still maintains a close relationship. You know, with the kids. You know, so that you know I put from from my clients I put a lot of times into the will hey we want the kids to still do the four weeks of vacation with Daniel's family mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. summer or we want every other you know Thanksgiving right? wow. think about that yeah and, and now look there's a money aspect and we'll talk about that in a second but you know these are you know important you know important things and, and remember a lot of times you know with my clients and a lot of people you know sometimes spouses agree to disagree about this. Like, who should be the guardian? Should mm-hmm. it be my sister? No, it should be my brother, and so on. So, you know, th- sometimes these types of provisions or you know, these compromised provisions are ways to kind of work around that, you know, it's because it's important. You have to come to a landing. You want to put that, you know, in you know yeah. in the will. Yeah,
2: you would never think about that.
0: No, you know? I
1: wouldn't, and I didn't even know you could do that. Like, you can actually put, I want, you know, I legally that you want your child to be with, these certain people at certain times of the year and stuff like that. And then because you have the will in place and everything, the, the guardian has to adhere to that.
0: Well, let me say it a little differently. You can't – you've passed away. You, you know Legally, you're, you're not going to be uh, forcing the guardian to make sure the vacations with mm-hmm. the other family or living in your house – but again, we talk about you're talking with a guardian during this process. Mm. You're giving the intent. And I want to give you, you know, the big guardian with the kids. But I want them to see, you know, the in-laws on right. the other side. Right. So, that, I mean, that's the thing. The, you know, you're, you know, you're, you know it, it's communication. And by the way, if you're not on the same page and when they say, oh, we yeah. won't do that, well, maybe that's not the right guardian right, for your kids. Right, of course. Right, And uh, one other thing, you know, again, a question, you know, uh, people may think about is, well, hold on a second. I don't have a will, you know, and and so on. What happens if I don't have a will? Like, who does become the guardian? You know, and I have kids under the age of 18. How is this determined for our kids? Um, And also, you know, let let me just quick caveat. this also, you know, people sometimes get wills when they're a lot younger before they have kids.
2: And then they have kids, but they never update the wills. So there is no guardian.
0: So this is kind of the same question for that. There's no. Well, you know.
2: I actually, that was a question I had for you, um, along the same lines. Danielle and I have a will. We we did it after Mia yeah. was born. I don't know where that lawyer is. If he's around, I've you know I haven't spoken to him in twenty years. <laughs> you know, I. So yeah. if we, what happens? We just draft up a new will and that right. proceed. What was the word? Ned? Well,
0: I, 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 you know. I guess let me answer your question first and I'll kind of get into yeah. what I was talking right. about. So first, you know, you know, generally updating your wills, you know, they talk about the standard of the practice about every three to five years is a good, you know, good kind of uh, stick to, you know, to update your wills unless there's major changes in your life or fact patterns and so on. Now, again, I would say a major change would be you have a will and then you have a child, <laughs> That'd right, be a, That'd be a major change because you want to put the guardian provisions in that will. Yeah, uh, But, you know, so that, you know, that kind of answers mm-hmm. the question. Or but, you have a fallout,
1: well, falling well, out sure. with the guardian. Of course, yeah. of
0: course. Or the guardian dies, you know, and so on. You know, or, you know, and these are the things that you need to update, you know, the wills, you know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, go into a situation and when you don't have a will. Um, you know, the guardian appointment falls to the courts. And again, in New Jersey, it's the surrogate court that controls the process in your state and they're gonna apply state law. And the good news, for example, is that, you know, well, it's the, the guardian, you know, the excuse me, the court says, Okay, we will appoint the guardian uh which is in the best interest of the child, you know, which is great, but that's also where the problem resides, because you know, are they gonna name a guardian that you would have chose? Um, you know, sometimes, you know, I think the guardian is obvious. You only have one sister who lives next door. Of course that's the guardian. However, you know, I can guarantee that some of your listeners have, like, a fact pattern like this. You know, they, they have their parents are alive, their grandparents are alive, they have uncles, aunts. But, you know, guess what? They don't have the relationship with their family members. Neither, and most importantly, neither does their kids. But their best friend, their child adores and adores their child. You know, the problem is, you know, if you don't have a will... And let's say you're, you know, you both pass away, and now after you've died, well, guess what? Your mom is petitioning the court for guardianship of your kid, and so is your best friend. Well, you know, it's it maybe costly process, and who knows? Maybe it will be the best friend. But well, I'll, I'll say that you start out the mom is at an advantage. Mm-hmm. That is your blood relative, right? So you know, I mean, you know, in summary, naming a guardian in your will effectively ensures that you, the parent. Decide your kid's guardian and not others if something happens to you. That's, you know, the importance of having the will and naming the guardian.
2: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn
0: users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today.
1: Right. And especially if, you know, for instance, you know, you don't get along with your mother-in-law or you don't get along with your, you know, brother and sister-in-law or whatever, that is just as important, you know, to, to, to make sure if you don't want them to go, then who they go with, right? Because, Absolutely. you know, there are certain people who you can think to yourself, oh my God, I, I, I do not want my child with, with those people. Yeah. So yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the whole thing with the will is that I guess what a lot of people in the polls and everything said is that, you know, first of all, it's not something you want to talk about, right? Especially, you know, you're in your 30s, you, you feel, you know, you, you just had a kid you're enjoying it you're enjoying life and it's a depressing thing to think about to go and do and and you know and in your 40s you're thinking to yourself oh my you know I just got over the toddler years or whatever and now I'm just enjoying my kids and you know and and you put it on the back burner for certain reasons but really I mean the right time is as early as possible right uh,
0: especially when you have kids. I mean, here let me, let me give you another reason why you know these young parents with kids under, age, under the age of eighteen you know should be thinking about doing a will or updating their will. I mean, you know, the reality is most you know of my clients leave everything to their spouse, but if their spouse has also passed away, they leave everything to their kids. You know, and my single parents leave everything to their kids. So you know, what are, you know, what's the best ways to leave to your kids? Uh, you know, and particularly you think if both parents die simultaneously or soon thereafter. I mean, if young kids are named outright as beneficiaries, and, and by the way, this also goes if there's no will, because again, mm-hmm. the kids would get everything. But if there's no, nothing kind of mentioned or named outright, you know, the kids get everything that passes under the will when they become an adult under the law. So like, you know, again, if the parents pass away and you just name the kids, if they're 14 years old, the court will establish a guardianship account. But when they turn 18... They, you know, they get all those funds, whether they're ready for it or, uh, ready or not for it. Um, and you know, and the reality is, you know, my view and you know, my clients agree. You know, eighteen years old is way too young to get everything. Uh-huh. So standard is to ins- insert trust provisions in a will that say, effectively, you know, okay, it goes to my spouse and it goes to my kids afterwards. But oh, by the way, if someone is under, let's say, the un- age of thirty-five when they get it, then it goes into you know a trust. Um, you know, and these are, w- these are what are called testamentary trusts because they arise on someone's death and through the provisions of the will. And so, for example, you start off by naming a trustee in the will who's going to oversee the funds during the periods of the trust. And, you know, and this is, you know, this person can be the same person as the executor, or the same person as the guardian, but doesn't have to be. And now, again, with the kids, remember, the guardian is the one kind of being the, taking on the parenting role. If it's not the same person, the very important thing here. You got to have a guardian trustee who get along with each other, you know, who can work together. Right. So these are, again, talking with your fiduciaries as you're doing, you know, you're making sure that everyone kind of knows their roles. Mm-hmm. that You know, and again, I hate to say this, is you're thinking worst case. You know, I know it's yeah. hard for people, but that you have to plan for mm-hmm. these things. Um, you know, and, and, you know, the reality, this is, you know, the trust provisions are kind of like, hey, I want my kids to, to go on vacation with my in-laws. So use from, you know, use the money to pay for that. Um, You know, and there's a lot of different ways to to draft these trust provisions in the will. And I, you know, kind of work with my clients closely based on their facts, and most importantly, their beliefs, you know. Some of the, you know, the guardians, you know, as the trustee, the power for the trustee to make distributions every year. Sometimes it's, you know, unlimited they can make it to the kids. Other times they say, no, 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 we only want the kids to get distributions uh, if it's in support of their, like, education Mm -hmm. or maintenance and so on. And then finally, you know, again, and this, you know, again, there's so many different ways to do this, but a lot of my clients tie the larger distributions to their kids when they hit certain age thresholds. You know, I have a lot of clients, you know, it's 50% distribution when the kids turn 25 and 50% when they turn 30. You know, the, the reality is, you know, that you know they want, you know, they feel at those times, at those ages, the kids will be more mature and able, you know, and again, this is whether you have a little money or a lot of money. You right. Know, at that time, the kids will be able to, to handle the funds versus everyone agrees like age 18. I do not want my kid getting the money at age 18. Right. You know,
2: so. Well, yeah, but the whole time talking like Daniel said in the beginning was, you know, you you mentioned trusts and you mentioned leaving your money or whatever you have to your kid. It, it sounds like it's, if you have millions of dollars, you need to set up trusts and you need to, you know.
1: Right. It's almost like all the, the language around it needs to be updated, you know, because I think it really throws people off. Well, Yeah. I mean, you have to think like, even
2: if, Let's say if you own a home at least, and even if it has a mortgage, but it has some equity, you know, and that's what you have and that's your savings or whatever it is, something has to happen to that if you should pass away with your spouse, right? So if it's going to your kids, are you leaving your house to your kid when they're 18 years old? No. I mean, you yeah. don't have millions of dollars, but you have a little bit of equity in a house. That's that's something, right? Absolutely. So it's got to go somewhere and at some point. Right. Yeah. You know, another
0: thing with the kids, you know, and I also use a provision. Again, it really depends, you know, it's a possible provision that some of my clients love and some don't, that, you know, that even though the child is supposed to get a large distribution at a certain age, if in the trustee's um, discretion, it's best not to give this, you know, that that distribution to the child, but hold in the trust for, you know, a certain later age, then they can do so. You know, this is, you know, uh, you know, for certain clients, you know, they want to make sure post their death. The child has an addiction problem or ends up with a significant other that's not trustworthy. There's a mechanism, you know, actually a further mechanism to protect such funds. And they feel that the trustee, who again, once again, you know, it's a lot of times, you know, it's a close family member, a close friend, someone they really trust, can help protect the child from themselves. Again, this is, a, again, another safeguard. To use, but, you know, it it goes back to the guardian, you know, these are things, particularly when you have the kids under age 18, you really want to think through these things and you want to put it, you know, in a legal document, Yeah, you know, and again, I know people really, it's hard to think about, you know, premature death when you're young and so on, but you have to do that, you know, just in case because it protects your kids. Right. It really does.
1: And it's the difference between... You know, if God forbid something happens to you and, you know, you are, you are like kind of, no, I don't want to use a term, but like on your deathbed, on your deathbed, you're either going to be thinking to yourself, thank God I set my family up and I have this done or you're going to be thinking to yourself, oh my God, what, why didn't I do it when I had the chance and all those excuses and all those reasons don't, you know, now they, they mean nothing so yeah absolutely right. um and t- okay so talk to us a little bit about a living will
0: now we're no that gets now into um when someone becomes incapacitated or disabled and what are the um different documents that they need to put in place
1: is it as important to have a living will as it is just a will
0: well i i, I think it is very important you know again when i say uh, talk about basic estate planning documents it's you know, it's the will. You know, and again, maybe in certain states, you're using a trust as the main document. Um, you know, for you know, they, they really are. You know, uh, aimed at, at death. But also, you have to you have to have documents in place for when someone becomes disabled or incapacitated. So, uh, you know, we could start out with you know you know the healthcare documents that you know um, you know because you mentioned about the living will. Um, you know, well, from a healthcare perspective, I mean, there's a couple things. I mean, number one is, um, uh, you know, there is the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, HIPAA, release form component. It's just, so for every adult, you know, you know, if someone becomes incapacitated, and even if you're a spouse or you a kid and they're over 18 years old, you know, you can't talk to a doctor or a hospital without them granting that right. So that, you know, that's kind of part of these healthcare documents. You know, you know, next you have, you know, it's kind of as part of this, the healthcare proxy where, you know, you're naming uh, uh, someone as your authorized agent to once again, you know, if you become, you know, you're, you're signing it when now, when you're fine. But, you know, you're putting, you know, you're writing down that, hey, if I ever become disabled or incapacitated, then my wife will be, you know, my healthcare agent and can make decisions on my part. You know, and again, as part of that, you're giving her the, you know, mm-hmm. her or him the HIPAA release. Um, now again, you know, incapacitated, you know, needs to be signed off by doctors. I actually, for my own clients say two doctors need to sign off because you want to protect the client. Um, but you know, that, you know, that's the second piece. And then now you get into what you were asking about is what most of my clients do is what's called the living will piece. And this is, you know, where, um, okay, so you've named someone with healthcare proxy, but they also have to hear to your, they have to adhere to your wishes, so, living will piece specifically, is, you know, you're saying forth if you want life sustaining treatments either to be withdrawn. And again, this, you know, these are kind of saying, If you end up having a terminal condition or in a permanently uh, unconscious state or various similar types of incurable and irreversible conditions, I mean, horrible stuff, you know, which again must be signed off by doctors. You're saying, hey, I want things to be withdrawn. Or, or again, again, you may say, I want all life sustaining treatments. That are appropriate to continue, but you know that's you know kind of you know that piece. So it kind of ties with the other pieces. This is all for healthcare. Uh, you know, again, if you know, if um, you know, uh, you become you know, you can't make decisions for yourself. And again, you know, a very important point because I think I saw that in a poll. This all applies to all adults who are eighteen years or, or older. So for all your you know your listeners who are parents out there, and your kid just turns eighteen years old. If you don't have these health documents in place and they get knocked unconscious and they go to the local hospital and you go in and I say, oh, that's my child. You know, I'm the parent. And they find out, you know, they're 18 years old. Without these documents signed by them, you know, g- giving them the proxy, giving them the, you know, the HIPAA release, the doctor's hospitals, you know, they're violating the law if they speak to you. So this starts when, you know, 18 years old. Hmm. So that, you know, that's so. You know, what you're
1: saying is, if you if you want to be involved in the decision making of your kids, if something happens to them, 18 or older, then then this is something that that has to be done when they're 18. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's you know. I, wow. I, you know, kids sign. My kids sign when they were 18 years old. I have my clients' kids sign when they're 18 years old. Absolutely.
1: Wow. Yeah, I think it was. What did we say? Ever think Eight percent. Who did we <laughs> yeah. say? Eight percent of people have that in place for their kids. It or something hard. that was yeah, it was uh yeah, because who thinks about it, right? I mean Right. I'm trying to see. You think
2: it's your kid, you go to the hospital, you have full control you know, yeah full safe, full yeah, control. Eight
1: percent, ninety two percent said they do not uh have a healthcare proxy uh for yeah. their kids who are eighteen or old. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's funny when I when I announced um you know, from my law firm, you know, a while back, I started my law firm, I had a, a buddy of mine who I haven't talked to in a while from, he's Colorado, and, you know, he just said, um, you know, I'm so glad you're doing this, are you doing this for the kids 18 years old or, you know, and, and up, I'm like, oh yeah, of course I am, he's like, good, good. I uh, His daughter, when she went to college in another state, had an incident, They she didn't have the documentation, and it was hell for them. Wow. You know, and, you know, again, it, she luckily recovered, but... They were not given any information because mm-hmm. again, they, they weren't legally can, allowed. The can information.
2: you imagine, you know, like, you, <laughs> don't, right. you don't think about this. Your port, you know, your kid ends up in the hospital, they're 18. And you have no communication with the doctors.
1: Right. Wow.
0: So, uh, you know, now uh, one last item and one last piece of documentation uh, when, you know, in, can, in connection with potential incapacity and, and disability is from a financial perspective, it's called the financial power of attorney in place. Naming someone as your direct agent who, if you ever become incapacitated or disabled, has the authority to access your financial accounts, pay your bills, file your tax returns, and so on. You now, again, similar to all these things, including the healthcare, you know, you want to name someone primary, but also a successor and potentially a second successor. You really want to just get ahead of things. Um, you know and again you know, go back to these can be the same people as the other fiduciaries whether the executor whether the guardian whether the trustee the healthcare representative but again you you know, you want to use the strengths of your inner circle you mm-hmm. know certain people paying bills you know they're financial others who are great with the kids maybe even more guardian or some people who are better maybe you have a you know a close relative who's more of a medical background well that's the healthcare representative i mean all you know all these things yeah. you should be thinking about um, uh, You know, now again, look, there's, di- there's different financial power of attorneys to be used. I use uh, what's called a general durable power of attorney, you know, which takes effect immediately upon signing and continues not affected by the subsequent disability or incapacity of the person until the person's death. Um, but, you know, again, it goes back to you really have to trust your fiduciaries here, you know, because, you know, in, in my main one, it just I, – I find it works better for my clients, but that person could, you know, theoretically access accounts. So, you know, right, there's someone a very trusted sure. person. right? Um, you know, but I go back to, you know, I mean, every adult should have a financial power of attorney. But, you know, I argue two situations are particularly important. First, for a family with kids, there's a lot going on. And if one – you know, you become incapacitated, disabled – well, guess what, the kids' activities are continuing, the bills continue to come in. You know, someone needs to access the financial accounts. And I'm talking about in someone's name, a spouse's name only. Again, if you have a joint account, then guess what, you are you can access it. It's joint in both your names. But a lot of times, a lot of my clients, you know, they'll have individual accounts mm-hmm. in their name only. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and I also find, you know, it's, uh, you know, it becomes, you know, imp- particularly important, important when you have, and going back to my own experience, an elderly parent, elderly friend, where they're getting older, potentially frailer, and will ultimately need, you know, help from you down the road with their financials. Um, you know, the power of attorney, is it's a difficult conversation to have. I mean, look, a lot of these conversations are difficult to have. Uh, but especially with someone of the older generation, particularly secretive, a bit worried about the security of assets, as well as they don't want to talk about their mortality. But, you know... And this person refuses to have this conversation with you and you let it go. I mean, the reality is, you know, I go back to my personal situation with my parents and, you know, trying to have conversations. No, no, we got it covered. And for me, it was, you know, my first parent who fell and, you know, onset dementia started and found out at that point they didn't have financial power of attorney. And, you know, it was
1: and it these was were crazy. and your parents, uh, uh, you would you would think, you know, even if you think that your parents have it all taken care of, because if I think about your parents, I would certainly think, oh, my God, they must have had everything covered. So even if yeah. you think your parents do and, and they're even in the professions that that surround this topic and everything, no. it's that that conversation is so important because they, they really may not.
0: And and again, I can't even tell, I mean, it was hours and hours and hours of excess work. I mean, you know, it was everything, uh, you know, once, you know, that parent had fallen and had dementia, couldn't sign, you know, the financial power of attorney because you have to be competent to sign. So that was, he, you know, was way past that. Um, And, you know, the reality is he had accounts with with a certain bank. Forget about access, you know, to those accounts. Um, But, you know, they wouldn't even talk to us. And the reality was he went to a facility, and we needed to use the accounts, you know, to pay for the facility. And so it was negotiating with that bank and that layer of lawyers at the bank, which was horrible and hours and hours and hours, just some type of settlement so they could pay directly. I mean, you know. It was extra, it was
2: hours and hours of extra work, and you know what you're doing. Right.
1: Imagine right exactly. If exactly you know, right. So, yeah, and, and I guess – the main one of the main questions of course for pe- from people and i i understand this so much you know when i asked uh what you know if you don't have a, a will or a living will or any of these things in place um you know w- what is the reasoning and you know a lot of people said that 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 financial issues and paying a lawyer to do it is their top reason for not having it done. And, you know, obviously, I think I understand that because it does seem like a big undertaking and you think lawyers and you think expenses and all of this stuff. But at the same time, you know, you're going to pay for it one way or another, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're either doing it now and paying for it now or somebody's going to pay for it later. Your kids, your family. If it's not in place, it's going to probably wind up being a hell of a lot more expensive um, for so many different reasons.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll start out with look. You can go online and you can find uh, you know wills online mm-hmm. to draft, right. and healthcare you know documents and financial power of you know uh, financial power of attorney. I mean, again, I'd caveat be very careful you know because there's certain requirements to, you know, to do these documents. That's that's the cheapest option. I agree with you. You know, going you know going to to a good lawyer, and again, you know, I say good lawyer. You know, get recommendations from your family and friends. You know, people you know they've worked with. Again, you want to talk to someone. You know, you know, and you want to you know you need to find a lawyer that you have confidence in. That's going to be responsive, comprehensive. You know, talk about you know kind of your situation, your family situation. I mean, again, this gets. Very detailed, very sensitive, but you know, find some, you know, find someone that and you I trust. And I
1: imagine, like anything else, you could do like a consultation and see if you guys, right. see if you fit. You know, see if it's a good fit. And and uh, if not, there there are others. There
0: are attorneys out there, including me. Uh, you know, the first consultation is free, and it's right. a lot of it is you know a conversation uh, with a potential client, seeing if you know we work well together, if it's the right fit for both of us. To be quite honest with you, I yeah. mean. And but you know, adding to your point, you you're right. Look, there's a there is a cost to put these legal documents in place. But you know, it's also you know, I work with my clients. You know, you know, and I was going to mention that I can mention now. You know, I think a last piece is going back and talking with these important people, these fiduciaries. You know that you're naming in your will, your power of attorney, your healthcare directive. But you know, I guess particularly in your will, you know, and letting them know, you know they need a they need a roadmap. Um, you know, it's it's important, you know, to be comprehensive here, uh, you know, doing the estate planning. And I think lawyers in a lot of ways add that element. I mean, I know there is a cost up front, but you know, you you save a lot in the back end where, you know, uh, you know, the dealing with the fiduciary is pushing your clients to, to to tell you know the executor or the trustee hey um, you know we have assets in certain banks you don't have to tell them how much you have but you want to identify you know which banks you have accounts in if something happened to you mm-hmm. to let them know what are your monthly expenses because again remember if something happens to both of you right. you know someone's got to, you know the electricity bill in the house continues you know to mm-hmm. be owed. Also you know there's a lot of vital documents out there. I mean, the original will is so important. You know, the actual signed will, not the copies. That's, you know, submitting to a court. You need to have the actual signed copy. Excuse me, the actual signed will. Where is that document? Where is your title to your car? Where is your last year's tax return? You know, these are things, you know. I I mean, I I know, uh, you know, Daniel and Adam are the, you know, the guardians. Well, my kids are a little older, but they were the guardians until they were 18, but also the trustees, in the will, named in the will for, you know, my kids. And I, you know, every year I send documents with information to you guys. Is that what
1: those were? <laughs>
0: I'm very happy you read <laughs> the documents. <laughs> <laughs> I always
2: Shit. tell you to put them somewhere. Fuck. She thought it was, uh, I thought that's, it was that stuff you used for, for the fireplace to get it started. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Damn. That's, it's that's right great. over there. Don't even worry about it. In that. Uh, well,
1: now they don't even need us. Now they're too old. <laughs>
0: But yeah, so I mean, um, you know, I, I do think in the end, you know, there is, you know, there is a cost, but I think doing it up front, it gives you a peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And again, the c- cost fluctuates, you know, yeah. on the state and depends on what you want. I mean, every, you know, every fact situation is different. Right.
1: Well, and today in the day, I was going to say in the day of like Zoom and everything and there's telehealth and all this stuff, you know, my family, we all do therapy and everything over over Zoom and, and everything. But I would imagine that this is sort of different, right, because it, it varies so much by state. And I know with telehealth it does too. You know, that person has to be certified in your state. But, like, to what degree, you know, can, can someone ask um, and someone, let's say, you know, recommend somebody who's not in their state? I mean, it, and do they do Zoom or is this something that, like, you really kind of want to be able to meet with the – with the uh, estate planner in person? or
0: Well, again, I mean, I could just give you my own experience. I mean, you know, when I, when I am meeting um, and, and doing, like, the estate planning piece uh, with my clients, you know, the first two meetings, the first, you know, free consultation, then the second meeting where it's more detailed and we're going through the information, figuring out what are the right legal documents, those are all on Zoom. You know, it's the last meeting that you're in the room together when they're signing, when you have two witnesses, when it's notarized. I mean, you're doing everything. You know, you want to make sure it's done and executed correctly. Down the road, you want your you know these these legal agreements, whether it's the will, the health care, the power of attorney, to be accepted by you know whoever you know you're you know, you're you're filing them with. Um, you know, again, you know. Uh, the reality is, you know, I'm, you know, I'm licensed only in New York and New Jersey. You know, again, I've, I've helped friends in other states, you know, informally and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm part of a network of uh, wealth, uh, you know, uh, wealth lawyers uh, nationally. I'm, you know, it's called Wealth Council. That's one thing I'm a member. So I actually, you know, interface with, with lawyers in all the different states. And, you know, I, can rec- you know, I, I know lawyers who I, who I can recommend to you know, certain people in different states. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I, I think, what you're getting at. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, again, I, I, do, I, I really go back and, and stress the people to use your network of friends, your colleagues, and so on, to find recommendations where people were happy with who mm-hmm. they worked with. Right. You really want someone you can trust right. to put in these legal that they're that important, mm-hmm. and someone that gets back to you and is communicative, you know that you know you could talk to that you know it's you because know, it's not just a one it shouldn't be necessarily a one time thing. The reality, you know, Adam talks about years ago, mm-hmm. you know, your lawyer, but you know, I, I you, this is a relationship, you know, and you know I put documents in place for clients, but guess what? Three five years from now, things have changed. And, you know, it's time to uh, do updates. And, you know, I know the information from beforehand. It's not mm-hmm. like going to a new lawyer. You don't want to just go jump from lawyer to lawyer to lawyer. You want to, you know, find someone that you know, to start to make a relationship. And, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, down the road, God forbid someone passes away. Well, you know, I know the financial information of my clients, mm-hmm. you know, high level, you know, high level. Mm-hmm. And so I can help down the road when the person comes in and they've passed sure. away Trying to find the assets and you know and the liabilities and so on. I have that. So you, I have would that. imagine
1: it's like anything else. You want a doctor who you have a relationship with who's going to fight for you and make exactly. sure the right thing is happening. And I would imagine it's it's a lot like that. And yeah, I mean, and that there's, you know, there are good lawyers out there and not so good as we all well know. again you
0: know <laughs> you know with the estate lawyers you know sometimes you know some lawyers have more of a general practice and estate state law is kind of an ancillary practice for them it's one of the things they do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. while others you know that's their focus i mean you know and again it's uh, yeah again you have to find who's right for you i don't want to you know
2: I mean, we um, gotta do that, Daniel. We gotta find somebody. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> somebody we can have a real relationship with. My God. That's, where no, would that's we do very that? hurtful. Adam. Oh. That's very hurtful. Let me <laughs> tell you.
1: Um, no, but I, I also think um, you know. So we, I when I asked the question of you know why haven't you done these things yet? And I think for Adam and I, first of all, you know, we, I would say. We have so much going on all the time, which is what a lot of people, you know, I put a bunch of answers and a lot of people direct messaged me and were like, uh, procrastination, not enough time, you know, like just don't know how to get it started, all this stuff. And um, I think a lot of people just, you know, it's it's one of those things that like stays on our to-do list. Right. And you think, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Or, you know, maybe you feel like you haven't had all your kids yet. You're going to wait till you have all your kids or, you know, you, you, you don't want something else happening in your family. And the last thing you could think about is who's going to be the guardian. Or um, I think that there's there's so many different different options. But I mean, I would say also that, like, by waiting um, you know, you're you're also then probably just adding to your pile of work, right? Like, cause you could probably do it in stages, um, if you start early enough.
0: Well, I, again, look, I, I think uh, you know once you become adult, you know, you need to be putting in this healthcare, you know, directive, you know, infra- you know. Uh, Documentation when you're 18 years old, 19 years, you know, giving someone access Mm -hmm. if something happened to you. That's so important. Same with also, I think, financial power of attorney. I mean, kids 18, 19 years old, do they have that many accounts in their own name? Uh, Probably not as important. The will. Hey,
1: Mia has $96 in her road trip account. Wow. She and her two yeah. best friends have been sharing, have right. been saving for two years. Wow, <laughs>
2: but it was wait, but it was like three dollars up until like two weeks ago yeah, for the last she three years. Stuff from her spending
1: <laughs> yeah. into her savings. Right. Yeah. I'm proud
0: of her, <laughs> but um, you know, again, you know, again, yeah, when you're a young adult, I mean, having a will, yeah, you know, look, I think it is important, but it gets it gets much more important when you become married, sure. and then much much more important when you when you have kids. Right. Uh, but, you know, like, but so the other, th- you know, I mean, the reality is I have some, some of these clients and they have, you know, they have their kids in high school and these are very successful, very smart people. This is the first will they're doing. I right. mean, you're right. People put it on the back burner. Um, you know, maybe they prioritize life insurance. You know, there's a bunch of things, long-term, you know, disability insurance, life insurance. I mean, there are other important things sure. you should be having. And, you know, the will, Definitely, you know, in the state planning documents, there's there's more to it. So mm-hmm. I can understand it's not a high priority. But you know, again, I also have had a lot of clients and what really spurs people into action is when and this is so hard, you know, hard to say, but when another young parent in their community right. all of a sudden something bad happens to that right, parent. Right. And they're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. What do, what's gonna happen if something happens to us with our kids? Right. And that spurs them into action. So that really And, you know, it's unfortunate, but that seems to be something to get people. It's off the back burner then.
1: Are there states that, like, have any incentives to do this stuff? Because I would imagine that the state wants people to do this, right? They don't want to have to come up with the, you know, like, don't they want it all set into place? Like, is there anything that they do to, you know, to help or make it easier? No, I
0: mean, again, you know, every state has what's called intestacy laws, which means if you don't have something in place, then, you know, where your assets go or, you know, who's watching the kids, it's all based on statute, which will go, you know, are you married, spouse, kids, parents, mm-hmm. uncles, aunts, siblings, you know, all the, you know, different, you know, levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and there's so no,
1: like, financial incentive or anything to get people to No,
0: there's it. no, like, $1,000 credit Damn. <laughs> if you enter a will. Um, no.
1: They're no, like, 20% off around the holidays. Right.
0: But, I mean, some states have, you know, and when you say incentives, I mean, again, New Jersey and New York are obviously two of the higher tax states in the country. A lot of states, you know, look, you look at, you know, and and people think, oh, estate planning is only for the rich. Right now, federally, if you have less than $12.8 million at the time of your death, you owe no federal estate tax. That's the current law. I mean, that's how hot it is. Now, many states, like the Floridas of the world, they have no estate tax. But you know, New York and New Jersey do have different state state ta- you know uh, taxes. New York has what's called a state tax. If you have over six point five million dollars in New York, you potentially owe New York taxes. Mm. State tax in New Jersey, it's not a state taxes. The New Jersey state taxes were repealed in two thousand eighteen. You have what's called an inheritance tax. It's based on the relationship when you give to someone. So essentially, you know, most of the close relationships are exempt. If you give to your spouse, if you go give to your kids, grandkids, parents, grandparents, those are all class A exempt. They're not taxed in New Jersey. But if you gift money in your will to your nephew, your niece, your cousin, your friend, there are, you know, tax consequences. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, if you do estate planning and you prepare and you eliminate those taxes by doing certain things that incentivizes you because right. you pay less tax right. to the That's state. True. Yeah. So I guess and I'm just kind of flipping it yeah, on, yeah, yeah. you know, they may not give you a credit for doing a will, but it, you know, sometimes it's simple fixes mm-hmm. to right. be quite honest with you. And, and there's simple ways to to deal with these situations.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Well,
2: I, I also feel like maybe, I don't know if it was part of the poll that it's, it's a scary thing to think about doing and getting started with, not because you're thinking about you know dying and leaving you know everything to your kid, not not that side of it, but the actual work involved. It maybe it's 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 very scary to think about. What do I have to do? How much work is this going to be? How much time is this going to take? How what do I really have to? What what's the what's the process? I mean, is it really a big venture to get involved in that's going to take up? too much time and too much energy and too much. Yeah. You know, it's again, every,
0: um, state lawyer has their different processes. You know, I actually use a questionnaire and it's, you know, it's pretty detailed. And I talk about that second meeting with my client. I kind of want to know, you know, for, you know, what's us stay with assets, kind of what you own, like whose name is your, your bank account, you and your wife mm-hmm. jointly own it. Is it, you know, solely owned is, it you know, you know, somewhere else, you know, trust, you're going to get an inheritance. I mean, I want to know everything. You know, I, again, you know, today I was talking about the will with the testamentary trust. You know, let me give an example here of why that's important. Um, you know, I was, you know, the will uh, covers all assets that go through probate. You know, there's certain assets that you're, they're in your name when you die, they go through probate. However, there are a lot of types of assets that do not go through probate. For example, if your retirement accounts, you name a beneficiary on file, you know, that you put with the administrator retirement account that on your death will go to who you name the beneficiary on file, a life insurance policy. You name a primary guardian on your death. It doesn't go into probate. it will go to the beneficiary on file. So going back to the kids, I actually have, a, you know, uh, a lot of clients, who, for example, their life insurance, they named their spouse as primary beneficiary, and they named their young five-year-old, eight-year-old kids as contingent beneficiaries outright. Now, no matter that you have a will with a testamentary trust that the kids don't get it until age 30, 35, the life insurance policy, if something happened to you and your spouse, you died together, well, that's going to the kids outright because that's not going through the probate will process. Mm-hmm. So... I work with my clients, for example, and knowing all this stuff, you know, they go back to the insurance companies, and, and they change the contingent beneficiary to tie into their will so that if they pass away, the insurance proceeds essentially go into the trust. I mean, this is, you know, again, knowing, you know, the, being a, you know having a comprehensive process. So the reality is there is a lot of questions, you know, in the figure out uh, is it tremendous work? No, right. So, but it's not five minutes of work. Cause it's, you know, again, it's knowing, you know, talking with, you know, trying to figure out with my clients who should be the guardian, who should be the executor, who should be the trustee.
2: But it's it's going in and having a conversation and filling out a questionnaire. That's the initial, right? right. And then talking so, it through and absolutely right. talking so it through. That's not scary. That's kind of what I'm saying, yeah. right? Like it's not, when you imagine what you have to do physically right. to get this done, I don't, I don't know what that is, but it just seems like a scary situation. And the reality of it is, you just walk in, you talk to somebody who you're hoping you Mm -hmm. learn to trust with, and fill out some questionnaires, and name some people and accounts. And we also we also
0: figure out like when do you want your kids to get the money? You know, some people they want when it's age forty. They don't want twenty five and thirty. I mean, you find out. I mean, this now again. Now we've been talking about the straightforward functional situations. They have four kids, but you know something, they have an issue with one of their kids. They don't want to leave money to one of the kids, and now you have to talk about that. You know, and think about, you know, okay, but maybe you want to leave a little money to your kid because, well, that kid try to challenge this afterwards. You know, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of different fact patterns. And that's what, that's why it's important, while it's more time, to be comprehensive and make sure, you know, me as a lawyer, and I know everything about the client, that we're hitting everything that best protects the client, the relatives, right. and so on, you know, and try to help the client out. Cause there unfortunately are these, Challenging family situations out there.
1: Well, I, I was gonna ask, um, because I think that there are probably people who feel shame and embarrassed to even go to an estate planner because their finances are in such a mess, you know, and people who, you know, it's it maybe they feel like it's almost, you know, th- like when you again when you hear estate plan and you go in with your you know whatever small amount of assets are and everything yeah. you feel like you're going to be kind of you know behind your back laughed at or 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 whatever but i don't know is there like do lawyers like uh, y- when you walk in do you have to worry about a lawyer being like uh, you don't have shit like <laughs> you know but
0: but it's a lot more than that again you go back if they have kids under the age of 18 who are the guardians i mean that's part right. of you know part right. of it um, it's also about incapacity, right? The it's not just there. money. Mm-hmm. It's not just you know, but you know, and also, you 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 know, if something happens to them, you know, who's going to take care of their estate? So the answer is no. They, I mean, that's I mean, why, shameful why, if a lawyer does that.
2: But why should they? It's not like they get a percent of. The assets that somebody has, right? They get their fee, no matter how much you have or don't have.
1: Right. But I but I think also that, you know, people feel like if they're walking into a lawyer's office. They're just like ashamed, right? Yeah. Like self, ashamed, like, yeah. embarrassed. They right. feel like, you know, they're not worthy of going to a quote unquote estate planner. You know, again, yeah. it's like the language is very off-putting for, for people, I think. And, you know, you don't They feel should call it the
2: pleasantries of leaving your stuff to your kids. I guess. <laughs> that's And th- I, I don't
1: know
2: if that's where you were going with it. Like
1: No, I know I just I don't know. It has got to change from that. It's got to be something like, I don't know. I don't know. Make sure you have your goodie bag packed before you right. kick the bucket. Like I don't know, but it's just it doesn't it doesn't work, and I think that that is a big thing that people feel like, who the hell am I to have a a estate planner, you know? But that the reality is, what you're saying is, yeah, I mean, for everybody, look if you if you want to have everything in place and do for your kids, you know, look, I think that a lot of kids really love their parents, but there's so much shit that happens even after they die. Um, that there's a frustration and a resentment there. And if you don't want that, then yeah, this is certainly what you need to do.
0: Well, again, I go back to this whole you know, uh, part of the process of you know helping your fiduciaries,
1: even if you do That's a that horrible much. word, by the way. Another fidu- horrible fidu- word, fiduciaries. fiduciaries. Oh, my, my apologies,
0: executor, trustee. No, no, no. I'm
1: just. And I know you I didn't know. create the word, yeah, but yeah, it's you know, pretty uh, sorry.
0: awful. It's, you know, it's legalese. <laughs> but you know, it's also part of the process to let people know where things are. And, and look, it may be less assets, more liabilities, but that's important for the family if something happens to you, to your kids. So again, you go back to the example. I mean. You know there are reasons to still you know to do it. You know even right. though you may not have tremendous amounts of money, but you know there's there's a lot of different parts. Of, you know estate planning is not just for the rich. That's well also, the misnomer.
2: Is there the, is there the opposite side of it too? Talking about liabilities, it to make sure nobody is responsible for your liabilities if you should pass away. Is that something? Like I don't know. Like if you owe credit card debt and you pass away to make sure I don't know the laws of this stuff so sure. to make sure either your spouse or your kids or somebody else isn't responsible for paying that well, off. I mean I do know there's
0: a certain student debt that is extinguished under okay. the current law federal mm-hmm. you know federal mm-hmm. when someone passes so I mean there are yes there are pieces okay yeah you know, you know to that um, you know again when you have it in your own name um, I mean I, yeah I'm, i I guess that's part of yeah you, know, mm-hmm. you know you know that that's part of the yeah process yeah and that's just for your facts. your
1: family to know that you did this stuff you know for them that you tried everything you could to make sure that you know they could mourn and they could t- continue with their life you know everybody says like when i'm gone i just want you to you know go on and be happy and this and that and whatever well if you're leaving them with a shit ton of you know unfinished business and and everything then that's that's not really what you're doing so i guess out of respect and love and everything, this is something that you do in advance for, for your family.
0: Again, so important to have that conversation. I, I'm, I'm now talking about, again, when you have the elder, you know, for I know a lot of your listeners have, you know, the young kids, but I'm sure they have parents who are aging mm-hmm. to know what's up with the parents' stuff. I mean, to have, you know, have that conversation, to, you know, make sure that you know if your parents have the necessary documents in place and also to have an idea. Because right. again, it will come to you down the road, and yeah. it's not fair to you if you are left blind down mm-hmm. the road. So I mean, you know, it's not you know again, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we've been focusing on us, you know, with our young kids and us doing the they planning documents. But I'm just saying, you know, yeah. you know, going the other way,
1: and it's never too late to do it, right? Is it ever too no. late? No. Never well, late. I mean,
0: I, I, again, you know, if it, if you're not competent, again, you go back to if someone is not competent to make a will, you know, and. You know, if if they're incapacitated, so, you know, incapacitated or, yeah, or yeah. coercion, you know, things like that, you know, mm-hmm. you hear those stories where people, you know, they're very, very old and they've just changed the will again. And they gave all the money to the uh, person in the household who's watching them. I mean, right. away from the right. kids. Right. Those are situations I, yeah,
1: yeah I yeah, wouldn't yeah. do. Well, you, first of all, this has been... I feel like I just learned so much. And I even understood the words you were saying and everything. Wow. So thank you. But you <laughs> said that maybe uh, you'll you'll write something up for our website, some kind of guide or something answering some of these questions That because I know a lot of people are driving right now or doing, you know, they can't quite take it all in. But there's so much to know. So uh, you'll, you'll write something up and I would say by the time this episode comes out it should be uh, on our website and available if, if they go get it. And tell you know if you want to tell people how they can contact you and you said you even know other estate lawyers or whatever you're you know they if they feel like they want to reach out to you for any anything what, how, how can they get in touch with you? Well
0: I mean again uh, uh, you know my office is the law offices of Gideon T.J. Alpert. Um, I'm also, again, everyone knows, uh, the spouse of life coach Amy, (laughs) but I I do have my own name. Um, I could be, you know, again, so I have a website out there, that you know, describes me, gives some background for people if they want to, you know, uh, you know, look me up. Um, my email is Gideon at Gideon TJ Alpert It's another way to, you know, to get in touch with me. Um, uh like i said yeah look I, I really appreciate uh you know being here uh well i, I mean i know i was on that one time the last but <laughs> actually being on here i mean I, again uh, i it's um I'm also been a fan of you guys, uh, you know, we you
1: know, you know you for you many
0: have. years, been a fan for many years. And I know that you've Lo- been
1: traumatized at uh, times. I loved
0: all the podcasts <laughs> except one that caused tremendous <laughs> trauma before Danielle had the warning for family members not to listen to a podcast. That's when it's your kid sister and kid brother-in-law uh, uh, recounting yeah. things that are just are <laughs> not appropriate. Uh, that's that's tough. That's tough.
1: It is. It's tough.
0: But it's, tough. Uh, it's just been great to, you know, be on here yeah, with you guys. Yeah, we've been so, have proud, you on so proud, so proud of both you guys. Uh, so proud, well, of, proud of you. We're too. proud of you. And now. you
1: know, I got—I have to say, <laughs> like, you really are the type of—you know—people think certain things about lawyers, and um, I think that you know, if when they when and if they meet you, then they they know that not all lawyers are are <laughs> bad. There are some really good ones out there. Well,
0: I'll, I guess that's a compliment. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> Thank serious. you so much. <laughs> well, Thank I you. mean,
1: come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good. We love you. Thank you so much, and yeah. um, everyone. If you have a chance, you could go rate Review, Um, and also check out our website. We'll definitely have um, whatever Gideon puts, whatever douchiery stuff. We'll put it on the show notes (laughs) too. (laughs) (laughs) Can we put the definition of that on the website? A lot of (laughs) douchiery stuff (laughs) on the Uh, website. It's actually
2: fine douchiery, just just
1: for for the record. I'm just going with douchiery. Okay, okay. there you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, Bye. bye.